Welcome to Economically Speaking, the information podcast designed to bring you the latest economic development news in the town and the surrounding area, hosted by Babylon IDA CEO Tom Dolan. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Economically Speaking. My name is Tom Dolan, and I'm your host. Before we get started, I just wanted to thank our listeners for responding to our last episode and helping us out by giving us some really great feedback. Well, let's get to today's episode that uh, we're calling a talk back in time. Uh, We're excited to have our special guest, Mary Cascone. Mary is a Town of Babylon historian, and uh, I can tell you firsthand, we do share, we work in the same building, and she does such a great job here. Mary, thanks for being here today. Thank you for inviting me. Well, just, um, I know I, I looked at some of the accomplishments and some of the things you've done, and I've, like I said, I've had an opportunity to uh, witness many of those things, but why don't you just, for our listening audience, just maybe just give a little bit of your background and a little bit of the work that you do here at the town. Well, thank you. I've had the pleasure of working for the Town of Avalon Historic Services for 15 years, and I was appointed the town historian in 2014. In that time, um, my projects have included seven local history books with more planned. Um, I have participated in the installation of over 20 historic markers throughout the town of Avalon. Last year, I was able to start a new local history blog. And um, next year, we'll be celebrating the town of Avalon's 150th anniversary, which will keep us quite busy. Yes, that's awesome. And uh, again, I've, I've had the opportunity to see some of those things, read parts of those books, and, and it's really, really great stuff. And um, just want to remind our listening audience that a lot of these things, maybe the books and the availability to some of these things will be on uh, our show notes. Um, so Mary, we wanted to bring you on, and, and again, this is economically speaking, and um, we look at today as far as what we're dealing with, you know, economically and businesses and things like that, but this had a beginning, and the beginning was a long, long time ago. So. Maybe you could kind of walk us through the beginnings of the town of Babylon. And some of our listening audience, they don't even know where we're located. You know, we have people listening all around the world now. It's kind of funny, but uh, why don't you just kind of walk us through a little bit as far as, you know, the creation of the town of Babylon and where we are and what we started with. Sure. Um, Long Island is very unique in in the structure of our our counties and our towns. Um, And even people on Long Island aren't quite sure how we got things started. Um, Here in Old Town Hall, in our lobby, we have a great map of Long Island, and it lists when all of the 10 towns in Suffolk County were formed. And it it talks about Huntington in 1653 and other ones that are 1700-something. And then you get to the town of Babylon, which alphabetically comes first. (laughs) And it says that we were formed in 1872. And it's it's kind of strange when, when people first see it and they think, well, wait a minute, why couldn't the town of Babylon get their act together and, and form. But there's a very simple explanation. We used to be part of the town of Huntington. Ah. So really our history um, of, of European settlers goes back to 1653. Um, but then almost 150 years ago in 1872, we separated from them. It was not an even split. Um, we did not get 50% of the area. Clearly, when you look at a map, we got about the, the bottom third. But um, the town of Huntington was a very large town. Just, just think about it for a moment. It stretches, or it stretched on the north end from the Long Island Sound 
down to the Great South Bay. Right. That gives you the, the natural economic resources of both the North and the South. Um, in Suffolk County, the only town that still has that is the town of Brookhaven. Right. And what were the beginnings of that? I know, again, if, if anyone ever has the opportunity to come to where we are in Old Town Hall, and Mary's done a great job, and you can walk around and uh, get very involved with some of the displays that you've put up. But let's talk about the beginning. What did people do here in the town of Babylon, and what was it industry like and things like that? I, I think that probably the answer is that people did everything. You had in each village, and, and let's just say, even though they were not incorporated villages at the time, um, Amityville and, and Babylon particularly, they were hubs of population. So you're going to have your markets, you're going to have your, a post office that's in each, you have a carriage maker, and then carriages require horses. Horses require saddles and, and driving whips and things like that. So we see these businesses listed. And these are also your neighbors. So it was not uncommon for somebody who had a carriage business, say, within the village, to also have a farm that was just outside the village that if they didn't farm it themselves, they hired people to do it or they rented the space out. Um, so I think that each community, perhaps a little bit broader than we know it today, right. had all of the resources that they needed generally. I know you mentioned to me prior to us getting on too, a little bit of the role that our proximity to New York to New York City and the role that that played in the development of the town and, and how that maybe changed things. And maybe you can kind of help us get through that a little bit. Yes, we, we have a unique position being at the western end of Suffolk County. Um, today we border Nassau County, but prior to 1899, we actually bordered Queens County oh, wow. because Queens divided into Queens and Nassau as we know it today in 1899. It was common to think of, of coming from New York City out here to the country, which it largely was considered before right. World War II. Even before the railroad, we know that there were stagecoach lines and, and wagon rides that would bring people out this way. Even George Washington passed through here in 1790, right down what we now have as Main Street. So yes, our proximity to, to New York City was extremely important. Um, and then when we had the railroad come through, First in 1842, our first railroad station was in Deer Park, so what's now the Ronkonkoma line. Mm. And then 25 years later, and it, and it did take 25 years largely because of um, the Civil War and resources going elsewhere. It wasn't until 1867 that we get the Babylon line. Uh, so I know, Mary, before we got on, we talked a little bit as far as some of the things that we would be discussing, and you share with me like the maritime industry and how that worked here in the town. Maybe you can kind of help us understand that a little bit. Yes, um, our greatest asset in the 1800s and today is our proximity to the Great South Bay. We think of it today as recreation, mm. um, that place where we go to relax, but it really was the economic source for so many people, not just in 1872 when we separated from Huntington, but well before then. We have records between the town of, of Huntington and the town of Avalon that refer to the collection of salt hay along along the bay. Mm. What is salt hay? I'm told that if you go to Gardner Park, the dog park in, in West Islip, that they have salt hay growing along the shores. Okay. But it's a naturally grown resource. It was already here. And supposedly it is like the English hay that European settlers would have been used to feeding their livestock. But it's not just a source of food for animals. You can stuff a mattress with it. 
You can make a roof out of it. Um, this was such an important resource that people from the north side of the town of Huntington, where most of the people were settled, would travel down to gather that salt hay, probably on a two or three day trip. They probably needed a place wow. to stay while they were down here. And then they would take it back up north. But this was a resource that was regulated by the government. There were laws as to when you could harvest it, who could harvest it. You'd be fined if you cut it too early. Oh, you know, thereby ruining the chances of a, of a, of a larger harvest yeah. for other people. So that's, that's one of the primary things. And we, we get that from being along the bay. So when the split happened, how did that impact being so easily to come down here? Did the town of Babylon make it more restrictive as far as to the people from up north? Or? Well, in, in 1872, once we had the separation had happened and we were approved by New York State Legislature, on October 2nd, 1872, um, our new town board, our newly elected town board, um, set forth a set of resolutions. And one of them was that the privileges of the bay shall be exclusive to the residents of the towns of Islip and Babylon. It was, it was a declaration wow. that we will govern this. We will, you know, we'll determine whether or not we're going to give you a license to come down and reap our resources. And, and it is, I, again, I'm a lifelong town of Babylon guy myself, and uh, the bay has always been something special. And you talked about it being recreational, but there was also businesses and a lot of people had that. Maybe you can talk about, I know, clamming and, and some of those industries were pretty big here at one point. They absolutely were. In fact, it was reinforced in the town seal that we still use today. Um, you see it on the, the sides of every town truck and garbage truck. It's in the floor of the lobby in our building. We have five animals that appear in the town seal. The largest is the eagle. It represents our patriotism to the United States. Mm. And then the other four animals, the clam, the oyster, the eel, and the fish, all come from the Great South Bay. Right. Um, every, every person, no matter their age, I can say to them, so when you go across the bridge to visit the beaches, you know that body of water? These animals live there. And they have lived there for so long. And these weren't just animals that were, were there for no reason. They fed people. And, and it's not just the 1800s. It's not just today. I have spoken with people who were ch children during the Great Depression. And as one of three children in the family, it might be their responsibility once or twice a week to go down to the bay and fish for dinner to go with their parent to go down and collect clams. And people remembered this vividly, mm. the idea that they were struggling, but there was this resource that they had to work for it, yeah. but they could bring home something to benefit their family. So again, on that maritime theme, we're talking about small time, feed a family, but then we had larger industries. The Great South Bay here in Suffolk County fed people all over the world from the clams, the oysters that were collected. Right. One of the things that happened recently, just a couple of years ago here in Babylon Village, they dedicated the Bayman statue. Although he is depicted as a 1970 Bayman, it is meant to represent the generations of men and women who right. gathered you know, shellfish fish from the Great South Bay. Right, right. I, um, I was actually just sharing uh, with Vianna, uh, who helps on this, on the podcast. Um, my brother and I used to clam at one point, but I was only like 11, 12 years old. 
and who you're telling some funny stories, but I remember the bay being the amount of boats that were out there and guys and everybody was making a living uh, out there. And today we don't really see that, right? There's not as many clamors and, and things today. And, but you talked about the seal, the function of the town. How did that first, I know that was done in close proximity to where we are today as far as the establishment of the town too. Where they met? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Um, today, being in, here in Babylon Village, between Burger Bar at the northwest corner of Deer Park Avenue and Main Street over to, to Chase Bank, which is right next door to us, was the location of the American House Hotel. And that, because we did not have a town hall yet, we wouldn't have a town hall for 46 years wow. after we formed. And our town board met in local hotels. It would be put in the newspaper. The town board will meet at, on this date and time at the American House in Babylon, or it could have been Nearings in Lindenhurst. It could have been, you know, a hotel in Amityville or Deer Park. And you had to follow the newspaper to find out where they were going to be. It is very interesting that in 1917, the Samus family gives us this plot of land right. um, so that we could build the, the town hall. And it's just adjacent to where that first meeting was held. You talked about population, Babylon, Amityville. In those early days, where did the power sit in the town when it started out? It's, well, I, I think that it kind of tells you that they named it the town of Babylon. Um, okay. There you go. All right. Which, which honestly Did is... Did I ask is, a silly question? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... I, I, in so many ways, I wish that they had named it something else. Hmm. And, and that's only because of the confusion that we have between village of Babylon, town of Babylon. Oh, yeah. But we have that all over Long Island. That's true. Um, Huntington, Brookhaven, Islip. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Um, but could it just as easily have been the town of Amityville? And the, the population between Amityville and Babylon, and, and we know this because you know, they're both Bayside communities. They both had railroad stations around that same time. They were both recreation destinations. Um, and the population, like Amityville's a little higher, now Babylon's a little bit higher. Right. But you see that one does something, the other did something. So in 1893, Village of Babylon incorporates, 1894, Amityville incorporates. The Babylon Village is building a brand new high school. Amityville builds a brand new high school. So I think that they were, they were equally weighted. Babylon really had the name. So this is the beginning, right? So we have a government in place now. We had the separation from the town. You got the railroad. We got all of these things happening right now. And I'm going to kind of say that we're going to be back. This is part one. And we want to continue with the talk back in time. And uh, Mary, thank you so much for being here and getting us started off on this. I look forward to us continuing these conversations and bringing us all the way up to where we are today uh, and kind of tying in some of the industries and how we continue to develop here in the town of Babylon and how we continue to develop today. Um, so again, everyone, I was sitting here with Mary Cascone. And Mary, I just want to also, before we get going, maybe you can give people, if they want an opportunity to reach out or to reach out to, the, to you, um, how would they get in touch with you? And we'll put that in our show notes as well. But if they're interested in getting some of your books or some of the things that are going on here, how would they reach out to you? Well, our information is available from the Town of Babylon website, townofbabylon.com. 
Um, our office phone number is 631-587-3750. And I welcome you to visit our blog at tobhistorian.blogspot.com, where um, not only is our contact information, there's lots of great information. I've had uh, firsthand the opportunity to see Mary's work, and uh, it's worth checking that out. So, Mary, again, thank you so much for being here. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today. Again, my name is Tom Dolan. You've been listening to Economically Speaking. Have a great day, everyone. This episode of Economically Speaking podcast was brought to you by the Town of Babylon IDA. To find out more information about today's topic, our guest, or to simply stay connected, please visit the show notes where you'll find all the relevant links. 